Blog Talk Radio. Psalms 34, 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Well, welcome today to a word from God radio broadcast right here on blogtalkradio.com. I am your radio hostess, evangelist Rebecca Collier-Hagler, and I want you to know that God does have a designed word Especially for you today. Hallelujah. Psalms 119 and 11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. With God's word in our heart, it means that our lives will change forever. Psalms 119, 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path, meaning that the word will illuminate our steps as we walk towards our purpose in Christ and towards our destiny. Glory be to God. Well, I want to say thank you to all who have been following the broadcast. I want to thank you for all of your encouraging words, for your support. And, uh, and and I just want to say how much I truly do appreciate you for just tuning in every day and listening to a word from God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Well, we're going to go ahead on and we're going to get started today. 
here. We're going to take over from where we left off on yesterday, and uh, we were talking about the judgment seat of Christ. But what I'd like to do is just kind of go over uh, some things with you on yesterday. I do apologize. I've had some problems with my phone, and and for some reason it seems like the enemy does not want me to get this message out. But, uh, of course, to all glory and honor, uh, all glory and honor goes to Christ Jesus because I'm going to do and press my way through and do what God has called me to do, and that is to share this word, this assignment that God has told me to share with the body of Christ. Now, some of you will listen, and some of you may think, you know, uh, what this lady is preaching is really, really crazy. But I tell you what, um, God's word is true, and we see things fulfilling itself. We see the Bible fulfilling itself every day. Every day we see something different going on into in this world. And as time goes on and we're, we're continuing to share this message, uh, you're going to see other things that you, your eyes are going to, like, pop out. You're going to be like, wow, that's going on right now. But before we get started, I want to go ahead and pray. Father God, we just thank you right now in your son Jesus' name. We thank you for everything that you're doing. We're thanking you, Lord God, for this broadcast. We're thanking you for every listener, everyone, Father God, that will listen on demand, Father God, throughout this year, throughout next year, throughout several years, Father God. We thank you, Father God, that the same anointing, Father God, will be on it each time someone tunes in to hear this particular word. We thank you, Father God, for uh, showing us the things that you foretold in the scriptures in Daniel and and in Revelations and Thessalonians and First uh, Corinthians and Matthew chapter 24, we are seeing some of those things already, Father God, coming to pass and taking place. So we do thank you right now in the mighty name of Jesus for what you are doing for us. And I pray, Father God, that you will continue to bless this message that you will continue, Father God, to bring understanding and clarity to your people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hallelujah. We give you glory, Father. Well, on yesterday we were talking a little bit about the Bema Seat Judgment, and uh, today we're going to talk about the rewards, and I believe next week, uh, we will talk about uh, the marriage and the marriage feast. But on yesterday, we found out a little something about the Bema Seat Judgment and what it entails. Now, the Bema or the Bema, it does come from uh, ancient Olympic Games, Greek Olympic Games, where the judge would be seated right there at the finish line so that the judge could determine uh, who came in first, second, or who came in third. And it was through this way that the judge would be able to award the winner with like a little gold leaf 
uh, crown or wreath crown or garland of some sort that they could wear on their head showing that they had finished the course, that they had finished uh, the race. And so this is how we get uh, the word Bema because of how this particular judgment was. It was an old Greek or ancient Greek uh, um, Olympic-type games, and the judge, they only had one judge, and that judge would determine the winner. Um, now, the judgment the judgment seat of Christ or the Bema seat judgment, however you want to call it, this does not determine our salvation. Our salvation was determined by Jesus' sacrifice for us on the cross. And this is, uh, right now there's some things that I wasn't able to share with you on yesterday, but I want to share some things with you today. Um, we received salvation by faith in Jesus through what he did on the cross for us. We received it. We accepted it by faith. We accepted it knowing that his grace uh, would save us. And so, therefore, all of our sins have been forgiven. And we will never be condemned for them. Uh, You can find that in Romans chapter 8. It talks about there is therefore now no condemnation. Uh, We should not look at the judgment seat of Christ as God judging our sins, but rather as God rewarding us for the lives that we lived while we were here on earth. Yes, as the Bible says, we will have to give an account of ourselves. So part of this is surely probably answering some of the sins uh, that we committed while we were here on earth. When I say some, we have been forgiven already of our sins. But um, I still believe that as as, uh, born-again Christians that we still need to go before the Father and we still need to be quick about repenting when we do get ourselves caught up in sin. Just because our sins have been forgiven, you still need to go before the Father and confess your uh, sins to him so that he may uh, forgive you. However, that is not going to be the primary focus of this judgment. Um, It will not be determined if it will not be determined if we are going to heaven or hell because the final uh, determining factor is the fact that um, we are in heaven and we are standing at the foot of the judgment seat of Christ. So we've already have uh, uh, gone into heaven. There is no, we're not going to be thrown out of heaven Uh, If you're born again, you're born again. You're not going to be thrown out of heaven. But your sins, uh, your works, your deeds, certain things, they're going to be judged. And your sins would probably be those things that are built on wood, hay, and stubble, like we found out yesterday in 1 Corinthians, um, it was chapter 3, verses 10 through 15, and we talked about 
building on a strong foundation. Now, Christ Jesus has already laid the foundation for us, and now it's up to us to take up the building of the foundation, of building our house. Uh, we also are going to have other people that are going to help us build our house, and those would be the pastors, uh, the leaders of the church, the evangelists, the uh, prophets, the apostles, the teachers, and so on and so forth. But you want to make sure that you have a good, sturdy foundation, but what are you building your foundation on? Are you building it on the Word of God? Are you building it with, uh, uh, is your foundation uh, gold, silver, and precious stones, or is it um, built on an unsturdy foundation, on sinking sand? Are you not providing yourself with the word of God? Are you not living according to what God is saying? Are you being disobedient? Are you not walking in submission? Are you lacking in the areas of uh, of victory and being an overcomer? So the Bible says, the Word of God says in 1 Corinthians 3, it says that um, uh, all of our works, everything that we've done is going to be thrown into the fire. And that which comes out as gold and silver and precious stones, on those things we will receive a reward. So your faithfulness, your loyalty to God, the time you spend worshiping him, the time you spend with him, uh, the following the instructions of God, uh, putting God first, um, no matter what you're going through, no matter how strong your trials are, you, you're yet holding on, you're not giving up, you're holding tightly to the hand of God and he's holding tightly to yours. You are going to receive a reward for every good thing that you have done in your body. Are you, did you keep yourself uh, uh, sexually free, that you weren't uh, sexually promiscuous? Uh, were you, um, were you weren't lying and cheating and, and doing witchcraft and all kinds of things? God is saying to you that all of the things that you did that were of good, he said that those things you would receive a reward for, but those things that are uh, born, that were burned up like wood, hay, and stubble, you are not going to receive a reward for that because you didn't build a good, strong foundation. Uh, maybe you were lacking in certain areas in your walk. Maybe the world was more uh, pleasurable to you than spending time with God. The Bible says in the last days perilous times would come and that men would be lovers of themselves and not lovers of God. And so maybe that was your life when you're standing before God. You probably have some good things, but maybe you also have some bad things, of which we all will have the good. But some of the things, some of the works that we did will be burnt up and we will not receive a reward. But thank God the scripture does say that even though we would not receive a reward for the bad things that we did, that he said the soul would still be saved, yet so as, as if we were escaping uh, through flames, you know. So we thank God 
that we gave our lives to God. Some of us never grew. Some of us never possibly um, got to a point in our lives where we matured in Christ, but that we remained babes, that we stayed in, you know, we we we, we kept living uh, in the world. We were so easily tempted because we weren't reading our Bibles. But if you're one of those Christians today that you're just having a hard time because once we receive Christ, there is we have no we don't have any more sin nature. So once we've accepted Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, something about us should change. Somewhere down the road, we should be changing. We should not be the same person we were a year ago or five years ago. Every year. Every month, something about us should be progressing and we should be changing and we should be doing things differently and we should be wanting to do more things for God and less things for being in the world. So that takes us to that part of the scripture where it does talk about the judgment seat of Christ. So now what we're going to talk about is... um, we're going to talk about the rewards. And in Revelation chapter uh, 22 and verse 12, it says this. It says, I am coming soon, and my reward is with me to repay everyone according to the deeds that he has done. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory to God. And so I want to talk with you today um, about the five crowns that the Bible speaks about that will be rewards that we will that we will receive. Now um, I know that we will receive certain rewards uh, when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, but we have to remember there are also those who are going to uh, live for God that are going to get saved in the um, in the tribulation period. And it's very, very possible that it's when it's their time to stand before Christ Jesus um, that they, too, will be rewarded. Now, for them, I'm not quite sure their standing before Christ may be uh, after the millennial reign or before the millennial reign. But those who accepted Christ Jesus in the tribulation period, they still uh, need to make an account, give an account for themselves as well. But they will not be a part of the great white throne judgment. That is for unbelievers only. So I believe that these crowns are for us as well as for some who uh, will be going through the tribulation period as well. And that says there are five heavenly crowns mentioned in the New Testament that will be awarded to believers. They are the imperishable crown, the crown of rejoicing, the crown of righteousness, the crown of glory, and the crown of life. Now, the Greek word translated crown is stephanos the source for the name Stephen the Martyr. 
and means, and it means that it's a badge of royalty, a prize in the public game of a symbol of honor generally. Used during the ancient Greek games, it referred to a wreath or garland of leaves placed on a victor's head as a reward for winning an athletic contest. As such, this word is used figuratively in the New Testament of the rewards of heaven that God promised those who are faithful. And so I'm going to just share with you uh, these five crowns and what these five crowns mean. Hallelujah. The first one is the imperishable crown. First uh, Corinthians 9 and verses 24 and 5, and it says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate or disciplined. We have to be disciplined in our walk with God. It's just like if you were training for a marathon, or it's just like if you are trying to lose weight and you say, I'm going to go to the gym, and you have to set a goal every day of what you want to do. You've got to make sure that you're disciplined. You've got to make sure, you know, when you say, I'm going on a diet, uh, I'm going to eat this type of food, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to exercise so many hours a day. You've got to be disciplined. So it's the same way in our walk with Christ. We have to be disciplined. If we want to uh, follow after Christ, we've got to follow the already set of instructions, the guideline to how to walk or run in Christ. Uh, now, they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we, for an in, in, imperishable crown, all things on this earth are subject to decay and will perish. Jesus urges us not to store our treasures on earth, where moth and death destroy, and where there are thieves who can break in and steal. That's in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. This is an analogous of what Paul was saying about that wreath of leaves that was soon turned brittle and fall apart. Why are you working for something that's that's perishable, that can uh, be destroyed, that can be stolen. You know, it's okay to have nice things, and but other people see your nice things and they want it and they'll try to break in your house or they'll try to rob you of what you have. But this imperishable crown, nobody can take that away from you. But not so with the heavenly crown. Faithful endurance wins a heavenly reward, which is an inheritance of incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, and it's reserved in heaven for you. People that get this crown have self-denial, and they have perseverance, 
it's not about them. It's not so much about uh, impressing others. They're trying. They're running for a prize. They're they're running towards the mark of the, uh, of the high call of Christ Jesus. They're they're running for a purpose in life. There's something that God has taught has taught them or told them to do, and so they are giving their all and all into running this race for this incorruptible crown something that they can cherish forever and ever. And it's laid up for you in heaven that once you go to the judgment seat of Christ and you are rewarded, and if if, if you have been this person that you're, you, you have self-denied, you, you don't, you know, you're not so much thinking about you, but that you're persevering, um, you're not looking uh, for something to fade away or something that's, defiled or anything, but you're saying, Lord, you know, I stood the uh, the, uh, the, the test. I, I, I did what you told me to do. I didn't back down. I didn't turn around. I didn't walk away. God said there is a crown called the imperishable crown for you. The other crown or the second crown is the crown of rejoicing. First Thessalonians 2 and 19 For what is our hope, our joy, our crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? The Apostle Paul tells us in Philippians 4 and 4, to rejoice always in the Lord for all the bountiful blessings our gracious God has showered upon us. As Christians, we have more in this life to rejoice about than anyone else. Luke tells us there is a rejoicing even now in heaven, as Luke 15 and 7. The crown of rejoicing will be our reward where God will wipe away every tear. There shall be no more death. There shall be no more sorrow, no more crying. It is a crown for soul winning and witnessing and bringing others to Christ, discipling them and training them for service. This is the soul winner's crown. How many people have you witnessed to and you've led them to Christ? How many people have you discipled and trained and talk to them about uh, uh, getting to know God and following after God and teaching them uh, from the guidebook or from the instruction book, which is the word of God, teaching them how to persevere, teaching them how to remain faithful, teaching them how to walk in faith, teaching them about the gifts of the spirit, teaching them that, Even though we are one body, we're all different in so many different ways. Teaching them how to walk in love, like 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This is the soul winner's crown. The one where when when you're walking around in heaven and and people look at the crown and, and they know what you did, while you were here, that you win, that you were the person that won many souls, and many of those souls are in heaven at that same time as you are, because you opened your mouth 
and you said something. You told them that Jesus Christ would save them and that Jesus Christ loved them. And they heard the word of God from your lips. They heard your testimony. And they said, you know what? I want what you have. I want this man called Jesus in my life. And then the third crown is the crown of righteousness. Second Timothy 4 and 8 says, Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but to all who have loved his appearing. We inherit this crown through the righteousness of Christ, which is, which is what gives us the right to it and without which it cannot be obtained. We can't have our own righteousness. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. There is nothing righteous about us other than when we ask uh, Christ into our lives, then he gives us his righteousness. He gives his righteousness to walk worthy before him, to uh, uh uh, to be in a righteous way and not to force and deceive um, as earthly crowd. We don't, what it's saying here is we we can't force this crown. We can't buy this crown. We can't make this crown. This crown is given to us because of Jesus' righteousness. He has shared his righteousness, his 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 power, his anointing. He has given all of that to us because he loves us. Um, it is an everlasting crown promised to all who love the Lord and eagerly wait for his return. You know, a lot of people don't believe in the rapture, but this crown of righteousness is for those who love, who are looking forward to the appearing of Jesus Christ to come and take his bride home, to take the church home to heaven. We are looking for that blessed hope. We are we 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 can't wait for him to return, to appear in the sky and come and get us. This is something that's very important or should be important to the church. But sometimes we've gotten away from so many of uh, so much of the teachings of the scripture and we kind of get caught up in some of the new age stuff. It sounds good, but it's not really scriptural, some of the things that uh, some people are preaching and teaching about. Today, so you have to be careful. But um, but for those who love His appearing, the Scripture says that we get that crown of righteousness, an everlasting crown that's promised to all, as I said, to all who love the Lord and eagerly await for His return. Through our enduring discouragement, persecution, suffering, or even death. 
we know assuredly that our reward with Christ in eternity. This crown is not for those who depend upon their own sense of righteousness or of their own works, such as attitudes breed only arrogance and pride, not a longing or a fervent desire to be with the Lord. Some people have this self-righteousness that they think that they are a little bit better than others. And so they're breeding their own righteousness. They want man to look at them and say, look at me. I am so-and-so. I'm prophet so-and-so. I'm evangelist so-and-so. I'm pastor so-and-so. And we get to a point that when we get around people like this who have this type of arrogance about them, we begin to start worshiping them, then uh, we should be worshiping God. Uh, There are a lot of people today that are caught up in fivefold ministry worship and not in the true worship of God. We go to church hoping that that particular person will see us. We want to do certain things so that we can be seen by them, so that we can say, oh, I know him, oh, I know her, oh, I have their number, oh, I've hung out at their homes. Now, there are people that have done that, and it's not pastor worship or any other fivefold ministry worship. They just happen to know these people. But there are others who want others to think, you know, well, Oh wow, she she's friends with she's friends with the apostle. She's friends with the prophet or he's friends with the pastor teacher, he's friends with the evangelist. So we have to be very, very careful about who we're around and who we are letting speak into our lives. So we want to be very, very careful that none of this is about our own righteousness or, you know, or our own, you know, that we get caught up in our own pride and we get caught up in longing or fervent desire uh, to please man and not please God. Now, the fourth, let's see, the fourth crown here is First Peter chapter 5 and verse And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. So Peter is addressing the elders here. Now, this this crown also is a crown that is mostly uh, given to those in fivefold ministry, Uh, pastors who have who have congregations up under them, bishops or apostles who have other churches up under them, evangelists who have um, uh, uh, preached and people have given their lives to the Lord, uh, prophets who have spoke a word of wisdom and knowledge into the hearts of the people, um, uh, and uh, in all of these all of these particular uh, ministries they have also uh, been used mightily by God uh, in the gift of the Holy Spirit. So um, 
there is a special crown, the crown of glory that is given to those in ministry. But then I believe that there are lay people who also have done a great work, you know, Sunday school teachers, Bible study teachers, uh, those who teach uh, uh, in, in Bible colleges or universities who teach theology or different types of anything that would help us to grow in Christ, any, uh, any, any person that you've ever ministered to, this crown, I believe, can go to anyone that has been a uh, uh, a growing uh, has helped uh, has helped people to grow in Christ. And so, this crown of glory is that particular crown for um, those who have ministered to others, which has caused those others to grow. This word "glory" is an interesting word referring to very nature of God and his actions. It entails his great splendor and his brightness. Recall Stephen, who while being stoned to death was able to look into heaven and see the glory of God. That's in Acts chapter 7, verses 55 and 56. This word also means that the praise and the honor we bestow to God alone is due him because of who he is. Um, every, um, let's see, I lost my place. This also recognizes that believers are incredibly blessed to enter into the kingdom, into the very likeness of Christ himself. For as Paul so eloquently put it, for I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. That's Romans chapter 8 and verse 18. So that crown of glory is is, is the, the, the splendor, the beauty of God. Um, the the script I think it's in Ephesians where it talks about uh, it may not be Ephesians I'm sorry but you know the feet of those who preach the gospel you know the, how beautiful they are we we when you're preaching the word of God there is um, there is more is required of you and so I believe that that is why um, God has has set aside a particular crown for those who are in the fivefold ministry and the laymen who have taken time to teach, you know, even if it's children's church or if it's in a youth, um, it, you know, you've taught youth classes or maybe you're the youth pastor or the youth minister or the youth leader. But there is a special crown called the crown of glory that God gives to those people who have done some type of ministry work. And then there is the crown of life. And that is, uh, we find that in Revelations 2 and 10. And it says, do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. 
Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you in prison that you may be tested and you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death. Now, in that, in this particular scripture, this is talking to the Jewish nation who will be going through a time of persecution, and some of them will be put to death. But we even have people today who, in, in third world countries, in countries where they can't freely serve the Lord, they have to, they have to rip the Bible apart so that each of them can have a page, uh, two or three pages of the Bible or four or five pages of the Bible that they read and that they they go over every day. You know, I mean, their love for God, their love for the Word, because they're not like us over here where we're free to worship God any time that we want. And it's going to be the same way in the tribulation period where people aren't going to be free to worship God. Some are going to have to die um, for Christ because they 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 uh they don't want uh they don't want Christ they don't want Jesus' name mentioned, they don't want anybody talking about God because the Antichrist is going to say that he is God and so anybody that's found worshiping God uh will be put to death. They will give people an opportunity to uh renounce God so that they can live. But if they don't renounce God, they will die and they will be beheaded. And that is what it says in the book of Revelation, uh, that there were souls that that were people that were beheaded. So um, it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, Even the early church, many of them died when the Romans were uh, putting the the Christians out in the open there, I mean, it was just like a football game or a boxing match or some sort that people went to every week, and it was the Lions versus the uh, the Christians. And the Lions were let out, hungry Lions were let out, and they killed and ate and destroyed and mutilated these people because they chose not to deny Christ. How many of us could go through that, and then somebody say, you know, are you, you know, would you, would you deny Christ? Would you deny Him if you lived in a situation like that? Even today, if somebody walked up to you in a church, in a in a mall, in on the street, and I'm going to kill you if you don't deny Jesus Christ, what would our choice be? Could we stand and say, you know, that's okay because, you know, to to kill me just means that I'm going home to heaven a lot earlier than possibly planned, you know. So um, this crown, um, the crown of life, are for those who have suffered really devastating persecution. They have been up under they have been tested. I mean, truly suffering. Uh, they, and many of these people that this scripture is talking about in the tribulation period, um, it talks about being faithful until death. And it says, and I will give you the crown of life. This crown is for believers 
but it is, it is, it is especially dear to those who endure suffering, who bravely confront persecution for Jesus, even to the point of death. In Scripture, the word life is often used to show relationship that is right with it more abundantly. Just as things such as air, food, and water are vital for our physical lives, Jesus provides us Jesus provides us what is required for our spiritual lives. He is the one who provides the living water. He is the bread of life. We know those who come to God through Jesus, and this is the promise that he has promised us, and that is eternal life. We receive eternal life the day that we turn our lives over to Jesus Christ. We receive eternal, eternal life. But there is a crown of life for those who have suffered and have really been persecuted. James tells us that this crown of life is for those for all those who love God. The question then is now, do how do we demonstrate our love for God? The Apostle John answers this for us. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. His children his children, as his children, we must keep his commandments, obeying him always remaining faithful so as we endure the inevitable trials, the pains, the heartaches, and the tribulations as long as we live. This crown is for those who persevere under severe trials, who are faithful even unto death. May we ever may we ever uh, move forward always looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That's Hebrews chapter 12 and 2, and receives the crown of life that awaits us. Wow. Praise God. Now, I don't know if there are other rewards that we will receive in heaven. This is uh, what we know right now is we know that Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us. We know that we will receive, uh, there are five different crowns. Whether we get all five of them depends on the life that we live down here. Is it a crown? Is it the crown of rejoicing? Where? Because we, we want souls for Christ. Is it the, uh, the, the crown of righteousness? Where we can't wait to see him, we, we're looking forward to his uh, his appearing before us. Is it the incorruptible crown, the one that we're running after? You know, um, we don't care. We're going to persevere. We're going to uh, we're going to deny ourselves. We are going to tell our body that uh, it's not in control, but the spirit man is in control. 
Is it the crown of glory? Is it the crown of life? Whatever crown uh, God has for you, um, just just live that life. Live that life on earth. Live that life so that whatever your rewards are, you know, um, we know, like I said earlier, we know that uh, there's a, a Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you in my Father's house and many mansions. I mean, just living in heaven itself is such a great reward. But I believe that there's more. And now after all of this, after we receive, uh, after we go through the judgment, then uh, all of that stuff is burned off of us and we become um, um, totally everything that we're supposed to be in Christ. And we are that bride without a spot or a wrinkle or a blemish. It is then that the marriage of Christ and the bride takes place, and it is then that uh, in the seven-year tribulation, while they're going through the seven years of tribulation, uh, all of this happens plus the marriage of Christ to the bride or to the church, and then there is a marriage feast. And so we will get into that um, next week and we'll talk a little bit more uh about the uh, marriage feast. So one thing that I I I like about this is uh the Jewish in the Jewish custom the bridegroom leaves his father's house and he comes to where the bride is and he comes to get her. And then what the bridegroom does is he takes her to his father's house. And that's where all of the wedding preparations and the wedding and the marriage feast and all of that takes place. So next week um, we will get into that. Uh, That's not a very long lesson. And then after that um, we will start getting into um, What's going to be taking place here on earth, the tribulation period, um, the Antichrist, the false prophet, the reviving of the new Roman Empire, which is um, pretty much going on right now um, when all of the countries, the European countries come together um, and uh, even America comes in 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 I, uh, we saw something with the g seven a couple of weeks ago, so um that could be the reviving of the uh, new Roman empire um, there will be the six 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 the mark of the beast uh what is that uh there is um like I said earlier the forty four thousand um who are they? There is the two witnesses. Who are the two witnesses going to be? Uh, What is going to happen? Where is the Antichrist possibly uh, going to come from? Just all kinds of different things that that we're going to find out in the scripture uh, as we get into pretty close to the culmination of 
of this lesson in the next couple of weeks. So I pray that you will tune back in with us, and I pray that um, you did get uh, something out of this message on today, uh, the judgment seat and the rewards that uh, Christ has for us. And uh, I just want to say again, I pray that if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I pray that you will give your life to him today. All you have to do is ask him to come into your life. All you got to do is believe on him. All you got to do is confess with your mouth, um, pray the prayer of faith, uh, pray and ask God to forgive you, uh, renounce your sins to God. You don't have to sit there and try to remember every sin. You just uh, tell the Lord, ask the Lord to forgive you of every sin that you've committed and uh, let God begin to deal with you from that point on. Um, I want you to know that God really, really, really does love you. Jesus loves you so much that he died on the cross for all of your sins that you might not have to die yourself and that you definitely would not have to die and go to hell. And so we just thank you today for tuning in with us. We thank you for um, listening every day. We thank you for tuning in. I pray, as I said earlier, I pray that this has truly been a blessing to you. And if it has been a blessing to you, uh, I pray that you will go to a word from God 7 at gmail.com and just leave me uh, a little word and let me know if this word has been a blessing. Um, again, email me at a word from God 7 at gmail.com. Reach out to us with Make your noise. Hype it up. Hey, 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 Thank you
I know y'all know how to move out there. Come on, y'all. 